Hi, it's your pal Steamed Hams. Join me every week on the Unforgettable Luncheon as we discuss topics in the nerd world like gaming, comics, cartoons, and whatever else may cross my mind. You can find me on the socials as SteamedHams81 on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube. You can also find me as the Unforgettable Luncheon on Facebook. And check out Steamed Hams Merchatorium, the link to which will be in the description of this podcast. The Unforgettable Luncheon, nerd comedy at its okayest. When you think of superhero origins, where do you think of? New York? L.A.? Boise? But how many superheroes came out of New Jersey? Uh, Three, but we're not talking about Bluntman and Chronic today. Today, we're talking about the Toxic Avenger, New Jersey's first superhero on the Unforgettable Luncheon. pal steamed hams i hope you're ready for an unforgettable luncheon the toxic avenger is a 1984 black comedy splatter film directed by lloyd kaufman and michael hers and released by troma studios a legendary independent film studio it stars mark torgel as melvin ferd renamed melvin junko in the sequels and mitchell cohen as his mutated form the toxic avenger aka toxie Toxie has become the face of Troma, as he's their most successful character. Toxie spawned three sequels, a cartoon series, which we will get to, and a reboot in 2023. The first film starts by introducing our hero, Melvin. Melvin is the janitor at the Tromaville Health Club, which is what they called gyms back then. It was a style at the time. He's the constant target of harassment by the patrons, mainly Bozo, Slug, Wanda, and Julie who also like to cruise around at night, running down people in their car. They decide to trick Melvin into wearing a pink tutu and kissing a sheep, all under the guise of a date with Julie. Melvin is chased by the bullies along with the other patrons of the health club because, well, they're all assholes. And he falls through a second-story window into an open barrel of toxic waste being carried in an open-air truck driven by two idiot cokeheads. Yes, these two imbeciles stop their truck, loaded with open toxic waste containers in a populated town so they could do little nose candy. Well, good help is hard to find. Melvin instantly starts on fire and runs home. He douses the flames in the bathtub, but the waste is already doing its work, transforming transforming him from a 98-pound weakling to a hideously deformed creature of superhuman size and strength. Melvin is no longer welcome in his mother's home, as he's a deformed monster, so he makes a makeshift home at the local junkyard. A group of drug dealers, led by the aptly named Cigar Face, who likes to burn people's faces with his cigar, uh, tries to bribe the most Irish cop name ever, uh, Officer O'Clancy. Holy shit, that is Irish. That is also stereotypical. When he refuses the bribe, as he's a good cop, they attempt to beat him and cut his nuts off. Toxie shows up, kills all the criminals except for Cigar Face, and leaves a mop on each of their faces as kind of a calling card. Of course, nobody believes O'Clancy that a monster hero saved him. Now, a local Mexican restaurant is assaulted by a trio of criminals looking to rob the restaurant and its patrons. 
But of course, old taxi shows up. But not before the gang kills the guide dog of a blind woman named Sarah, who becomes Taxi's girlfriend. Now, some fun stuff about this scene. It was three guys, and it truly showed off how far Taxi was willing to go. Okay. One guy, he basically rips his arm off, which, fun fact, that guy was actually an amputee and had a fake arm for him to rip off, hence why you never see the one arm move at all. Um, he gets his arm ripped off and basically, you know, beat to death with it. Um, another guy is killed with a uh, shake mixer. And a third guy basically has his arms fried off in the deep fryer. All while everybody watches in horror. Because why not? In fact, the one who kill, or who was killed by the shake machine was played by an actor named Patrick Kilpatrick, who went on to a lot of um, minor to moderate roles, never really starring. I do know him from Class of 1999, where he plays one of the cyborg teachers. That's an excellent, underrated movie. Check it out. I believe it is on Tubi. Uh, he quit after having been forced to point a shotgun at a small baby. And he says, you know, no, I can't do this. He left. Thankfully, that was like one of the last scenes filmed with him. Of course, Toxie starts to date Sarah, and it goes from there. We'll get, that, get to that in a minute. It is later uh, told that he has traumatons in his body that sense evil and force him to destroy it. Melvin continues his crime-fighting spree, taking on robbers, pimps, and drug dealers. Mayor Belgoody, who's actually in charge of all the crime in the city. Shocker, a corrupt politician in an 80s movie. Hmm. He's worried uh, that his syndicate will be undone and all the crime will be traced back to him. So, of course, he sends Cigarface with some other goons to attack Toxie, and they surround him. They encircle him and all aim guns at him. Well, so, a bunch of morons standing in a circle, guns drawn. Of course, Toxie leaps out of danger at the last second, and Natural Selection does its thing by having all those half-wits shoot each other at once. Serves him right. Melvin decides to take revenge on his former tormentors, so he attacks both Wanda and Julie at the health club, burning Wanda's ass with a sauna heater and cutting off all of Julie's hair, which he basically made them ugly, so that was a good revenge, since they made him ugly, according to him. Now, he takes on Bozo and Slug after they steal a car from an old lady. Slug is tossed from the moving car to high speed and killed, because that's going to happen, and Bozo ends up driving the car off a cliff and is blown up. So, there you go. Now, Toxie's traumatons lead him to kill a seemingly innocent woman at a dry cleaner's, when she was actually the leader of a human trafficking ring. This woman looked like Sophia from frickin' Golden Girls, yet she ran a human trafficking ring. Of course, nobody knew her background because she was such a sweet old lady, so of course, everybody starts to hate him. You know, Taxi is horrified at what he's become, and he grabs Sarah and says, let's go out to the woods for a while, get out of the city. So they move into a tent in the woods to escape for a little bit. Mayor Bell Goody calls in the National Guard to go after Toxie because he murdered an innocent woman, well, not so innocent, and they find him. Not hard because he's literally in a tent in the middle of a field, not deep in the woods, literally in the middle of an open field. So it wasn't that hard. Now, the mayor and the National Guard attempt to kill him, but the townspeople and Toxie's own mother come to his defense. Everybody learns that the mayor is crooked as they come. 
and Taxi disembowels him. Everybody sees Taxi for the hero he is, and he continues to fight crime in Tromaville. The end. Or is it? The Toxic Avenger Part 2 was released in 1989. It continues Toxie's story, albeit with a few changes. Toxie's last name has been changed to Junko, and his blind girlfriend's name changed from Sarah to Claire. Other than that, business as usual. Tromaville is crime-free thanks to Toxie. Claire gets Toxie a job at the Tromaville Center for the Blind. All is well. Or is it? Apocalypse Incorporated, a New York-based chemical company, thinks Tromaville is the best place for their new dump site. They blow up the Center for the Blind because bastards. Toxie and Claire are the only survivors. Toxie takes on and defeats the Apocalypse Inc. thugs uh, that come to clean up the mess. The chairman of Apocalypse Inc. is none too pleased because, well, his goons were killed. He has his right-hand woman, Mona Malfair, call a meeting with the board of directors and to fire the entire personnel department because obviously they hire, you know, substandard goons. Yeah, he's a tough boss. They find out that Toxie's dad left when he was a baby. One of Mona's girls poses as Toxie's psychologist and tells him to go to Japan to search for his father. He's not sure as he would be leaving Claire in her time of need. Claire tells him to go to Japan, that she'll be okay. Toxie takes a windsurf board to Japan because, well, budget and comedy. He emerges from the sea, Godzilla style, and startles everyone. Now you think in Japan they'd be used to monsters coming up from the ocean, but, you know, hey. He saves Masami, a young woman, from some thugs. She agrees to help him find his father. Meanwhile, back in Tromaville, Apocalypse Incorporated starts a hostile takeover of the town. People who stand against them are either beaten and or killed. Back in Japan, Masami and Toxie find Big Mac Junko. Toxie is excited until Masami sees a, ch- a shipment of uh, fish dropped, and the fish are filled with cocaine. Was that like the drug of choice for movies back then? Cocaine? I mean, y- you didn't have like heroin, weed was still a bad thing back then, but okay. He turns out that Big Mac was a drug-dealing Yakuza leader. Toxie battles both Yakuza enforcers and Kabuki fighters, because Japan, we have to go all out on pissing off everybody. Toxie whoops everyone's asses until it's just him and dear old dad. But Big Mac has a trick up his sleeve. A bottle of anti-traumatons, which will kill Toxie. Toxie kicks the bottle out of Big Mac's hands and pushes him into a fish butcher, who chops him up in all the excitement, getting confused. The bottle breaks, poisoning Toxie. Masami takes him to a sumo gym where he heals and learns sumo wrestling. Toxie returns to Tromaville to find Apocalypse Inc. messing with everyone. He stops Malfair's girls from, bad girls as they call them, I'm sorry, they were called bad girls, uh, from assaulting Claire. The chairman hires a motorcycle rider named Dark Rider. See, they were doing a top-notch job on that script, guys. To strap some nitroglycerin to his back and destroy Tromaville by riding into City Hall. Because that'll destroy Tromaville. Toxie commandeers a taxi and gives chase. He forces the rider into a house, killing him, so saves Tromaville. A man reveals himself to be Toxie's father. 
The Yakuza guy was Big Mac Bunko, who had stolen his father's identity. Run out of town, the chairman and Malfair unsuccessfully attempt to hitch a ride back to New York. The end once again? No. The Toxic Avenger Part 3, The Last Temptation of Toxie, was also released in 1989. This installment follows Toxie as he attempts to get a normal job to pay for Claire's sight restoration surgery, which will cost exactly $347,000. Now, this film was actually made up of stuff that was filmed for Part 2, but Part 2 is going to run about four hours long, so they chopped this up and made a movie out of it. Hey, what can you do? It's like making a good dinner on leftovers. Crime is, an, is at an all-time low in Tromaville, so Toxie attempts to get a normal job that will stave off depression. He fails at jobs such as babysitting and auto mechanic. But let's be honest, I mean, as much of a hero as he is, do you really want to leave your children with somebody who's going to give them nightmares just with his appearance? I mean, this is why I don't babysit. I don't want kids to be scared to death for the rest of their life, because we all know I have a face for radio. He reluctantly takes a job with Apocalypse Inc., you know, the guys he took on in the previous movie. You know, he becomes their spokesman, which puzzles and troubles the people of Tromaville because he battled them, now he's shilling for them. But he's doing it for the surgery, as you always see in the movies. The good guy makes a deal to help someone out that almost always ends badly for the good guy. Hell, he signs the damn contract in blood. I mean, I've worked for some crappy companies, but I've never had to sign in blood. You know, yet. Claire gets her surgery, sees Toxie for the first time, and falls even more in love with him. I mean, if I did that, I wouldn't have the girl falling more in love. She'd run off and run into me like five years later and say, Oh, it's good to see you. That's not what you said the first time you saw me. Now, Toxie's ego inflates, and it being the 80s, he becomes a yuppie. Claire can't get through Toxie's thick mutated skull that something's up. Only when he sees a group of kids damaging one of his posters does he realize the error of his ways. He vows to clean up Tromaville once again. He earns Tromaville's trust by killing a gang of uh, Apocalypse Inc. goons, holding people hostage at a video store. Hey, remember video stores? Those were fun. I still see a couple out in the wild, surprisingly. I mean, they're obviously not as prevalent as they were back then, but, you know, I miss going to video stores. You go there, you got a few extra bucks, you're like, hey, I'm going to rent a game or I'm going to rent a movie. And you end up renting something that, hey, I've never seen this. You rent it and it's always hit or miss, you know. I've rented movies where I'm like, oh, I'm excited to see this. And you're like, that was crap. Or you're like, I don't know, maybe I'll try this movie. And it's like, Dude, this is the greatest movie ever made. I must worship it now. Yeah, sorry. Little rant about video stores. I miss them. Now, Taxi confronts the chairman, who is revealed to be the devil. He challenges Taxi to his favorite video game, Five Levels of Doom. Each level is some sort of elemental challenge, such as Earth, with Taxi being sucked into the ground and one of the devil's henchmen trying to lawnmower his head off, which, of course, he fails, and Toxie gets out of the ground. Fire, where Toxie and the devil are both set on fire. Toasty! But Toxie is saved by the citizens of Tromaville as they douse him with water. 
Taxi, in true trauma film fashion, extinguishes the devil by peeing on him. Wind, where a bunch of, a busler of children is in danger of being blown off a mountain, only to be saved by Taxi. And of course, Mona Malfair, while trying to uh, eliminate Taxi during that, is crushed by the bus as it falls. So, henchman gone. Water sees the devil attempt to drown Taxi in a giant puddle only for Taxi to be saved by a sumo trick he learned in Japan. Call back to the previous movie. The final level sees Taxi turn back into Melvin and bullied by Apocalypse and Goons. Claire tries to intervene but is blinded again. Claire finds the contract in their home and learns that there's an escape clause that terminates the contract by act of God. An angel, disguised as a messenger, hands Melvin a scroll and it starts to rain. Wait a minute. Earth, fire, wind, water, and technically heart? Was he trying to summon Captain Planet? Is that how he's going to save Tromaville? Melvin becomes Toxie, and Claire is able to see again, and he defeats the devil by tearing him apart. He tears the devil's head off and launches it to Tokyo. Toxie and Claire get married and live happily ever after as monster and wife. Well, until Toxie Avenger 4, that is. Now, Citizen Taxi, Toxic Avenger 4, honestly, my least favorite out of all of them. I'm not really going to go too much into the plot because it's just a mess. It is confusing. Okay, I've watched it a few times now. I sit there going, huh? Now, released in 2001, it follows Toxie as he switched places with his alternate reality doppelganger, the Noxious Offender, a.k.a. Noxie. After an explosion while battling a gang called the Diaper Mafia, who has taken over the Tromaville School for the Very Special. Yes, this movie goes over the line even where trauma is concerned. And that's a lot. Now, while Noxie causes trouble in Tromaville, making everyone believe that he's Toxie and just went rogue, Toxie works to escape the alter- alternate reality of Amortville while battling evil versions of other heroes like Sergeant Kabuki Man, which is another trauma classic you do need to check out. Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD is freaking glorious. It's underrated. I say give it a shot. Okay. Um, Claire, re-renamed Sarah, is pregnant with two babies by both Toxie and Noxie. It's a trauma film. This doesn't even scratch the surface of weird with them, okay? Of course, Toxie makes it back, defeats Noxie, and lives happily ever after with Claire slash Sarah, and their baby who defeated the evil baby in the womb, because why not? Trauma film. And for now, that's the last of the films in the series. Now, a 2023 reboot is in the works, starring Peter Dinklage as Toxie. Now, I'm honestly curious to see how that movie is when it comes out. I want to see what they do with it. Now, it being the 80s, early 90s, Attempts were made at making children's cartoons out of very R-rated properties. Honestly, in the 80s, I think every major star had a cartoon where he either battled ridiculous villains with some super team like Chuck Norris Karate Commandos, where he battled Super Ninja. I'm not even making this up. Look it up. And Rambo, the Force of Freedom, which I don't know why they would make a children's show out of that, but okay. You know, or they drove around and solved mysteries with a bunch of kids. Mr. T. I'm not even joking. Mr. T drove around in a bus with a teenage gymnastics team and solved fucking mysteries. 
Okay, this is where they got the plot for Mike Tyson Mysteries, which is a great show. Fight me. Now, we discussed RoboCop before and the insanity that resulted from that. Was RoboCop doing wearing fucking roller skates? That's what I want to know. Now, with Toxic Crusaders, which ran for one whole season, 13 episodes, in 1991, was actually pretty good by very early 90s cartoon standards. It follows Toxie, his sentient mop, and his team of mutated heroes as they attempt to protect Tromaville from alien invaders from the planet Smogula, who are trying to pollute Earth enough for it to be livable to them. His team included Nozone, a test pilot who flew through a hole in the ozone layer and crashed into a silo of radioactive pepper. He now has superpowered sneezes. Yes, with the exception of Toxie, whose origin in this very closely matches his movie origin, you know, obviously cleaning it up a little bit, the origins for all these characters are fucking ridiculous. Now, Major Disaster was a soldier who gained the ability to control plant life after falling into a radioactive swamp. Yeah, he's totally not Swamp Thing. And my other question is, an active duty soldier gains these powers. How did the government not, like, kidnap him and say, we're going to study him? Isn't that how it would really happen? Come on. But it's children's cartoon stuff, huh? Yeah, so next is Headbanger. He's the fusion of mad scientist Dr. Bender and surfer dude and messenger boy Fender, who fell into an atom smasher and were fused into a two-headed mutant. Dr. Bender, of course, getting a mutated look similar to Toxie, while Fender kind of kept his human appearance. Which was a great show, you know, how opposite they are. Now, they originally worked with the villains when they were trying to put a manner of uh, poison into the food supply in Tromaville, but they defected when they learned that girls like the Toxic Crusaders better. So, yeah, not every woman likes bad boys. And I'm not making this up either, trust me. Finally, we have Junkyard. He's the fusion of a junkyard dog and a homeless man who took shelter in the dog's toxic waste-covered doghouse that was struck by lightning during a storm. Now, Toxie's girlfriend in this has been renamed Yvonne. She's supposed to be Claire slash Sarah, but is only nearsighted and not blind. She's often playing the accordion and singing terribly, because that's the joke. She's good-looking, but no talent. Now, Toxie and Pals battle Dr. Kelimoff from the planet Smogula. He wears a breathing apparatus that gives him a somewhat human appearance. His two running gags are correcting people and they don't call him Dr. Kelimoff and not listening to his sidekick Psycho, as his predictions are usually correct and are spoilers as to how the Toxic Crusaders will defeat Kelimoff. That's Dr. Kelimoff! Sorry. Ah... Now, he has a limited, limitless supply of goons called Radiation Rangers, who do all the dirty work and battle the Toxic Crusaders directly. Kilmoff's other henchman is Bonehead, one of Melvin's bullies who was a human, and Toxie tossed into a vat of acid rain during a fight, mutating him. Now, he's meant to be Bozo from the original film. He's an idiot, but that's about par for the course for cartoon villains. Many other one-time villains showed up, but never made more than one appearance, as the show only ran for like 13 episodes. Now, this is one I wish actually had a longer run, but you had a lot of these back then. You had these shows that were based on properties, made toys and everything, but they only ran for a friggin' season. Dude, maybe if you let them run longer, stuff would catch on and you'd have better sales. 
But no, they want their money now. <laughs> it's my money. I want it now. Okay, J.G. Wentworth. Now, The Toxic Avenger was a low-budget horror comedy that grew into a cult icon, spawning a pretty good franchise in my book. There was even a staged musical version of the film, which I have yet to ever see. Now, as I said, the series is getting a reboot this year, so I'm curious to see what direction it goes in. Well, that's it for another Unforgettable Luncheon. I hope a good time was had by all. You can find me on Facebook as The Unforgettable Luncheon, on Twitch X, which was formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and now TikTok as SteamedHams81. Reach out to me. Tell me what, what you think. Give me some feedback. And if you like what you hear, tell your friends. You know, I love to spread the madness. Don't forget to check out my merch store. Links for all of these are in the description of this episode. I'm your host, Steamed Hams. Join me next time when the topic will be something nerdy. Thank you.